God has a specific desire and design for your role as a mom. Join me as we discuss common mom stuff and how we can and should view it from the heart of Jesus. My desire is that you will leave each episode with a smile on your face and empowered to be one step closer to the mom God has called you to be. Hey friend, it is Tiffany from the Mommyhood Empowered Podcast. It has been a couple of weeks since I got to chat with you. We have been on a little mini break, me and my family. We went on vacation. It was lovely. And then whenever we got home, it was Thanksgiving time. So there was all that festivities that we were doing. But honest to goodness, I have missed putting together podcasts for you guys. And I'm so thrilled to be back and sharing stuff with you. We are going to be picking back up on our holiday series that we have been in the middle of. We started with episode 34. That was the first one in the series. If you have not listened to it yet, it is about setting your mental stage for a busy season. And we specify the holiday season, but really these are tools that you can use for any busy season in your life, which as you know, whenever you're a mom, that's pretty much 24 seven, right? And then episode 35, we dove into traditions and what makes a tradition one that is going to be enjoyed by everybody and one that's going to actually make those memories that you long for. Then the last episode that we had was 36, and that was cultivating gratitude in your family. And now today we are on episode 37, and we are going to be talking about facing difficult relationships. Now, difficult relationships are not just a holiday thing. They are a year round thing, but the holidays certainly seem to make them even more intense. But for one reason, I think that is because it may be the one time of the year that you actually have to be in the same room as that person or those people. And also just in general, the holiday season tends to add stress to everybody with demands and busyness and expectations. And that alone lowers your threshold for being able to deal with certain people or certain situations in your life. All of this comes together to make those difficult relationships feel even more difficult. All of us have at least one relationship in our lives that is difficult to navigate. The level and type of difficulty, now it's going to vary between everybody that's listening here. It doesn't have to be an outright volatile relationship to be difficult. I hope yours isn't outright volatile, but it can be snide remarks spoken here or there. The person may very well be nice to your face and then not so nice behind it. Sometimes that person that's in that difficult relationship with you, they may not even truly realize the extent that they are hurting you. The one thing that we do all have in common with difficult relationships is that we wish we didn't have them. But here's the one thing I want you to begin to realize about these types of relationships. They are refining you and giving you the opportunity to let God's power work through you. It's giving you the opportunity to learn self-control and how to handle other people that you will come into contact with in the future. 
This won't be the only difficult relationship you ever come into contact with. I believe God gives us practice for how to handle the rest of the world in this smaller playing field that we call family and friends. And once you learn how to navigate these super sticky, intimate relationships well, then you're going to be able to rock all of those other not as intimate relationships that you are going to start bumping into as God broadens your horizons and territory. Here's the thing. You cannot make as big of an impact for Christ. You cannot do the work God has called you to do if you are constantly finding offense and fighting back. I'm speaking to myself. This is something that I have struggled with for as long as I can remember. But because of that struggle, I've learned some ways to help me manage it and overcome it. Although admittedly, I still very much in work in progress. The great news is that we don't have to sit in that hurt that we feel because of those difficult relationships. There are things that you can do to move from being hurt to being healed and being able to manage it and even thrive in that relationship. When you are healed, you're able to love people better. You're able to do the work that God has called you to do. You're able to focus on the right things instead of the ways you were wronged. God wants to take you to the next season of your life, but he can't as long as you are not able to handle difficult relationships. Those difficult relationships, they are holding you back. So in today's episode, we are going to talk about strategies that you can put into place so that you can face those difficult relationships with confidence and grace. If you put into practice what we're going to talk about today, then you are not going to walk away with regret over how you reacted the next time you have contact with that person. You are going to leave this episode empowered to stop this difficult relationship in its tracks right now. We need to be motivated by the good that's going to come from you leading the way to help in the difficult relationships that you have. It's so important to learn how to handle difficult relationships because your kids are watching you, which means they're imitating you. Your kids are going to have difficult relationships in their life too. In fact, they probably already do have a difficult relationship in their life. But as they see you handle difficult relationships with grace and by extending mercy and covering that person in God's love, then your kids are going to be empowered themselves to do the very same thing whenever they face those situations. Your kids are going to find it normal to face a difficult relationship head on and handle it in the way God intends them to handle it. And they're gonna be able to do that because that's exactly what they are going to see you display. They are going to witness the benefits that come from handling difficult relationships in the way God wants you to handle it instead of how the world would suggest you handle it. So let's get to how we are going to do that. Number one, you are going to remember that 
the person is loved by God. And I know some of you just groaned a little bit whenever I said that. We don't like to think about how much God loves somebody that we don't like, that it's the absolute truth. It reminds me of the Jews and the Gentiles. I was reading about this earlier in the week in the Bible. It was in Acts, and it was talking about how the Jews got so upset that the Gentiles were getting saved that the Jews actually formed a mob and started terrorizing the Gentiles that had gotten saved. Now, we can look at that and think that's nuts. That's exactly what I thought when I read that passage. But then I thought, you know, how is that any different or worse than the way that I've treated some of those people in the difficult relationships in my life? We are all loved by the same exact God. And he loves us each the exact same amount. If I'm completely honest, I know I've had my share of wishes that something bad would happen to somebody in order to get what's coming to them for the way that they hurt me. But that is not how God wants me to treat somebody that he loves. He doesn't want you to treat those people in your difficult relationships that way either. God loves you. He loves that person too. He doesn't just love them a little. He loves them a lot. He died on the cross for them just like he did for you. In the moments that I am tempted to hate another person and react unkindly to them, I've made myself get into the habit of remembering that God died for this person and loves this person so deeply that he is even keeping track of the hairs on their head. I make myself pause in the moment and I make myself think about that fact that God died on the cross for them, that he loves them so much that he knows how many hairs are on their head. I ask God to help me see that person the way he sees them. I ask God to help me hear what it is that he's whispering to their heart. I ask him for eyes to see how God is working in their life. If you see people the way God sees them, you will forever be changed and your relationship with that person is going to be forever changed too. When you see a person the way God sees them, you are going to be able to love them like God loves them. Number two, Whenever you know that you're going to be faced in a situation when you're going to be together with that difficult relationship, you're going to have to interact. I want you to go into that situation, prayed up and prepared. Don't wait to be in the moment. If you wait to be in the moment, it's going to be too late because your feelings are more than likely going to take over. I want you to pray in the days leading up to whenever you know you're going to be in the room with them. I want you to talk to God about the situation. Tell him all about it. Get super close to God. This is not the time to skip reading your Bible because God, he speaks through his word about your unique situation. So get in the Bible, read. Ask God for thick skin. Ask him to guard your heart against offense when it happens. 
The prayer I pray is that I ask him to please put a shield around my heart so that any hurtful arrow that is thrown at it will literally bounce off and not stick in my heart and therefore not cause hurt. He can do that for you. I want you to put the hurt you already have in the concern that you already have over the impending get together where it belongs. And that's out of your hands, out of your mind, out of your heart and place all that mental junk at Jesus's feet. Healing happens at Jesus's feet. Healing doesn't happen while you're planning a 20 step strategy on how to get back at a person. Another important thing to include in prayer during this time prior to the event is that I want you to ask God to fill you with his love so that you can show them love. Now you may be saying, okay, I can maybe get along with this person like once a year when we get together, but like, I, you want me to love them too. Like that's asking too much, but you can, what you can't do is do it on your own love reserve. But with God's love flowing through you to them, then you absolutely can. Ask God to fill you up with his loved overflowing so that you can love that person through that overflow of love. The best case scenario is for you to pray for this person all year long, not just right before they get together. I promise you that if you make a point to pray for this person in the coming year, Things are going to change in the relationship. I want you to pray for God to bless them and to show them his love. I want you to pray for them at least once a week, like set a day of the week. Maybe it's Wednesday. I don't know, but whatever it is, know that you're going to pray for that person on that day and continue to do that all year. And this time next year, you're going to feel completely different about this relationship. Wouldn't it be amazing that this time next year for you not to dread getting together? Praying for that person is the key to making that happen. Number three, I want you to clean up your thoughts in the narrative that you have about the person or the situation and also about yourself. What goes on in your mind has a lot to do with how you act or react in life. The story that you tell yourself plays an active role in the story you really do end up living out. And this can be for the good or the bad. When it comes to narrative, we have about a difficult relationship. We tend to add a lot of opinion and a lot of read between the lines whenever things happen or conversations occur within that difficult relationship. I'm notorious for doing this. Honestly, I'm like the world's worst. I blame it on the fact that I'm a storyteller by nature and a sinner still that needs a lot of refinement, but it's not what I want to do. It seems the more I tell the story to myself or to others, it seems like the more I add to it every time and read a little bit more between the lines. What I have to do in those situations and what I want you to do is to differentiate the facts from the things that you've actually added to it, either intentionally or unintentionally. Whenever you know you're going back into a situation where more conversations are going to happen, more situations are going to occur, that's when it's essential that you have to reevaluate what the actual fact is 
from the things that you've added to the storyline. So take a moment to really think about what actually happened in those moments, which I know in some cases, what really happened was really bad. And okay, that gets to stay. And we're going to talk in a few minutes about how to deal with that. But the first step is to just make sure that you aren't adding anything to it or reading into anything that didn't actually happen. I would suggest asking God to reveal parts of the story that you may have embellished over time, whether consciously or unconsciously. Also, it's important as new conversations or situations occur to be mindful to not do this in the future. Let the fact stand alone and don't add your own things. Now, something else that can happen over time is that we actually start believing some of the things that people say about us concerning that difficult relationship. There is a narrative that begins to run through your mind that has been caused by past experience, um, experiences or indictments, maybe things like you're an angry person or you're selfish or you do not belong or you're an outsider, you cause problems. I mean, you can name a host, whatever it is, like you fill in the blank. But it's time for those to go. And I know this is so much easier said than done, but ask God to help you and then replace those narratives with a positive opposite narrative. So let me give you an example. If the narrative in my head is I'm an angry person, the narrative that I replace that with is that I'm a peacekeeper. If the narrative in my mind is I am selfish, that needs to be turned into I am generous. If there's a narrative that says I am easily offended, change that narrative to I show grace. I want you to know who you are to God. I want you to hold on to that. It truly doesn't matter who you are to anyone else. You just need to stand firmly in who God knows you are and how he sees you. Be confident of that. Be confident of it as you go into that place where that difficult relationship is. Be confident in how God made you, you're going to be amazed at how much the narrative of a difficult relationship can change simply by you changing your narrative. Number four, I want you to focus on the positives of the situation. There are positives in every situation. Sometimes it's really hard to find it. You have to look super, super hard and you have to ask God to help you see it, but it's there. I want you to focus on the other people there, not just the problem relationship. I want you to focus on the good that can come from you actually attending the event or situation that they're in. You know, some of these things could be that maybe your kids get to see their grandparents or you get to connect with a cousin you don't see often. Or, you know, I've been to a few gatherings over the years where the food was the highlight and that was enough for me to have a good time. So whatever it is, look for those positives. Like I said, it's not going to be easy to see the positives at first glance, probably, especially if the difficult relationship has been happening for a while. It's going to be tempting, super tempting to avoid being around that person. But don't let that difficult relationship rob you from the good that can be found in it. What you choose to focus on is what you're going to see the most of. So choose to see the positive, good things that are going to be there. 
Ask God to help you see the good and then choose to focus only, only, only on that. Number five, I want you to choose to forgive. It's hard. I know it is. But remember, your children are learning from you and they follow your lead. That is my motivating factor for every hard thing I do. I know my kids are watching and to me, that's worth putting in the work and worth doing something that I don't really feel like it. And honest to goodness, a lot of times I don't feel like forgiving. But if I'm going to expect my children to forgive people, then I need to expect the same thing from me. And I want you to expect the same thing from yourself because your kids are watching you too. Now, why in the world should we forgive? This is so easy. It's because the Bible says so. We can just stop right there because if the Bible says it. It's what we need to do. Ephesians 4, 32 says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God forgave you. When we don't forgive, we're only hurting ourselves. Unforgiveness in your heart, it quickly turns to bitterness. Bitterness has deep roots and it will completely change your outlook on life and your reaction to situations. And it's not going to be in a good way. There will be times when you need to have a conversation about forgiveness with that actual person. But I think more times than not, the forgiveness is something that is done personally in your heart. And then your actions that happen afterwards, those are the things that do the talking. One way to show that you have forgiven someone is to unexpectedly be super kind to them or generous. Maybe you need to show up with a gift card to their favorite coffee shop or whatever place it is that they enjoy. There's always a chance that they're not going to accept your forgiveness. I want you to choose to not take further offense to that. That person may just be caught off guard and need to process what's happening. Everyone arrives at places emotionally at different times, but I want you to keep the forgiveness on the table. I want you to keep being nice. You don't have to be pushy and force the person to like you, but you do have to just simply keep doing your part to repair the relationship and leave the outcome in God's hands. God's heart is always going to be for reconciliation. I guarantee that he's working behind the scenes in the other person's heart in ways that you cannot see. Talking about forgiveness is the perfect lead into the last thing that we are going to talk about doing, which is letting God do the dirty work for you. Forgiveness, it takes the person off of your hook for what they did to you and places that instead on God's hook. You can forgive that person and anything they've done to you and rest in the fact that there is that if there is something to be dealt with in that person, that God will be the one taking care of it for you, for you. Another way to put letting God do the dirty work into action is whenever somebody wrongs you, choose to not respond, choose to not go into a whirlwind of offense, and instead silently pray in your head for God to convict them of how they hurt you. You can do that right in that moment, just silently, right after the offense happens. Who knows? They might even apologize to you before the end of the day. The point is you have to stop doing the work of the Holy Spirit 
and pointing out everything they do against you. I'm not saying there's never a time to talk about what has happened, but more often than not, we could benefit from not going down that path ourselves and letting the conviction of the Holy Spirit do it instead. I have made this mistake before, and quite frankly, I'm still dealing with repercussions from it. If I could take back my phone call that I made to point out a wrong that was done to me the previous night, then I would. And in that moment, I couldn't see past my own hurt. In that moment, I couldn't see past the way I was wronged or the way I was judged. I couldn't see past how right I felt I was. I let my wounds do the talking and wounds are never a good conversationalist. They are always accusatory. Letting the Holy Spirit do the talking would have been way more effective and it would have kept my nose clean and prevented years of fallout. So learn from me, get out of the way and usher the Holy Spirit in instead. My closing thought for you is this. This dealing with difficult relationships, it's more about asking God to transform you than you asking God to transform them. You are the one that you can change. You are the one you can control. So let's focus on that. When something happens and there is a really good chance that something is going to happen whenever you're around that next difficult relationship, here is a quick recap of what to do in the moment. I want you to breathe and not say anything, but silently, I want you to go to God immediately, immediately, immediately in prayer. I want you to tell yourself the true narrative about yourself. I don't care if you have to repeat it 100 times to yourself, if that's what it takes. I want you to remind yourself of the true narrative, not what that person just insinuated or whatever it was or how they made you feel. But whatever you do, do not throw fuel on the fire by reacting. Remember, let the Holy Spirit do the Holy Spirit stuff. That's what he's really good at. He doesn't need you as his wingman. You only complicate his job. I love you guys. I pray for each of my listeners routinely. I really do. I ask God to guide me in the topics that we talk about here because I want him to speak through me to help you. God loves each of you so very much. And now my prayer for you. Dear Lord, you see the mom listening to my voice. You are intimately aware of all of the details of her difficult relationships. May your love fill her up and empower her to love them. Let her see them the way you see them. Give her genuine compassion. Let her see this difficult relationship as an opportunity to show your grace, your light, and your power to others. I pray for a miracle of restored relationships to the point that one day they will actually laugh about this and about how it used to be. We know that our prayers, they change the outcomes of situations. And that is why we come to you today fully believing that you are already working out a miracle on her behalf. Amen. Hey, this is Tiffany. You have just listened to the Mommyhood Empowered Podcast. 
I pray that you have a smile on your face right now and that you are determined to go out into your world and make somebody else smile too. Have a blessed day.